Well, the time is here. The wait is over. We say farewell to pre-season and your Adelaide United Football Club embarking on a journey to welcome the 2022-23 Isuzu Ute A-League men's season. And what we thought we'd do to celebrate the start of the season is get together some past legends of the football club to dissect all of the off-season signings and, of course, the focus going into the brand new season. Beforehand, um, I wanted to introduce myself. My name is Jared Walsh, and we need to thank a fair few people for allowing this roundtable to happen. First of all, we are in the SAFM and Triple M studios, so thank you very much for providing us with this facility to do that. And also our partners of Adelaide United, Flinders University, UCAN, McDonald's, Kite Property, RAA, Australian Outdoor Living, Velo and Comwire IT. Enough about me. Let's introduce some of our superstars who we have uh, had the privilege of seeing wear the Adelaide United playing shirt. First of all, a championship winner, 41 goals in 158 appearances, was the club's all-time goal scorer until Craig Goodwin passed that last season. I, I probably shouldn't have mentioned that. Former football director and current CEO of the Committee for Adelaide, as well as football analyst on Network 10, Bruce Jitte. Thanks for joining us on the roundtable. Thanks for being here in esteemed company, Jay Walsh. Thanks for having me. Very exciting. Also great to have a former skipper, uh, former Socceroo as well, Travis Dodd with us, uh, Ambassador for South Australia's Aboriginal Secondary Training Academy, that is SASTA, part of the inaugural Indigenous Football Australia Council, uh, the Socceroo's first Aboriginal goal scorer and current coach of Croydon Kings. It's great to have another former captain here. Doddy, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. What I really want to find out more than anything is what Bruce actually does for a job. Can we get this on the record, what he actually does day to day? We don't have time. We don't have time. There's uh, That's a, another round table which could take a long time because no one knows. And I'm not sure if Bruce knows. So uh, we'll go on to our final guest as well. And it's great to have him back here in South Australia. We speak of a man who made 103 appearances, scoring the four goals as well. Another Socceroos representative and currently within the media at Network 7. Also joining the ranks at Adelaide United um, in, in taking care of writing content for the club. Also doing a lot of content of the audio medium as well. Robbie Cornthwaite, welcome to the round table. Thank you very much. Now I know why we've booked a two-hour time slot with those <laughs> introductions. I tell you what, it's good for the ego, boys. It's a, it's a very long resume for you all. As I said, uh, very soon we are going to talk about some of the new signings, whether it's playing or coaching staff of Adelaide United, our pre-season, some key players, the rest of the league, and we are going to save the best till last as well. We are going to look for your Adelaide United starting 11 to kickstart the campaign against Wellington Phoenix. First of all, I'm going to start with you, Bruce, because you're sitting next to me and you probably want to get as much into this as possible because you love being efficient when it comes to time. How are Adelaide United going to make the grand final this season and win? Over to you, boys. Look, for me, it's about consistency. We know the squad's not the deeper squad, never has been, but if their best players can stay fit, uh, play consistently well, that's going to put them on the best trajectory to actually having a successful season and ultimately uh, winning the grand final. But I think with the depth of the squad, you know, you miss a few big names or, you know, you've got some of your best players and it only takes a couple uh, to be a little bit off their game. You can really start to find it that they're going a little bit tough, especially when you look at some of the other squads in the competition. And you know what? This is a scenario every year when the season starts for Adelaide United. And it's not to say that they can't do it, but it's to say a prerequisite for winning the grand final, which was your question, is definitely going to be that that consistency. But Corny's uh, 
chomping at the bit to, to have his say. <laughs> <laughs> so I might just throw it to you, Cordy. Tell us, do well, you disagree? No, I think the beauty of this Adelaide United squad is that it's been together for some time. And if you look over the last three or four years, I think on three occasions, they've been one game away from making a grand final. So it's not like that they're miles uh, away. And I think there's a couple of ways you can go and do it. We've seen other clubs go and rebuild a whole squad, go and sign all these big names and, and haven't been able to get it done. The Wanderers, as an example. Um, but I feel like Adelaide's created this really solid foundation and platform of, yep, this is where we sit at the moment. We're around that fourth, fifth mark, third. Um, we play attractive football. We give young kids an opportunity. And as Brucey sort of touched on, it's just those little moments, maybe, that that's cost them. Whether that's one piece of brilliance, whether that's signing a, a new player to add something, whether that's a young player developing or, or fringe players growing. And it's a whole squad mentality. I don't think they're too far away, but it, it always does take something special. Even some of the best teams don't make grand finals, Trav. Absolutely. I mean, look, for me, it's about getting a good start uh, to ensure that they can set up for a home final. That's that's For me, that's important. If you look at Last season, the first five games, they picked up three points, three draws, two losses. So you're not really setting yourself up for a solid foundation. So for me, it's it's getting the points on the board early. You look at the home record, they, they, they lost three, drew four and won seven. So reasonable record. If they can pick up another couple of wins there, that's all of a sudden pushing them further up the table. And the away form, pretty good. Again, pick up another couple of wins or points there, and and all of a sudden you're you're in a position to you know get that home final, which we know here at Cooper Stadium the the home the home fans are great, and come finals it's an electric atmosphere, and we've seen what Carl Viet time can do. You know the how how ruthless the the players are. They they have that never say die attitude to to pick up so many points in that last few minutes of a game. So you know, for me, get the early get the early points on the board and, and you know, you're setting yourself up well. Uh, the start's probably never been as important either because we know the World Cup's on this year. It's only six games before they go into a, a few weeks off. Three games away from home to start the season as well with the Coopers redevelopment. So, I mean, I wrote about it in the article, but the last thing you want as a player is to go into that three-week break after a slow start. You can you, the, the morale's going to be slightly down. The coach is going to be on your ass a, a lot more. Bruce, you've, you've been inside the club, not recently. You weren't there last season. Was there anything that you sort of identified that maybe was the missing piece to go into a grand final? Look, from looking from the outside in, even last season, I think it's just one more special player. I mean... Craig Goodwin was the best player in the league last season, hands down. Assist or goal almost every game. Um, Over-reliance on one player Mm. means that when they're just a little bit off, the whole squad suffers. And, you know, in the most successful squads in the the past, which Craig was obviously a big, big part of, he was but one piece of a very big jigsaw puzzle. And I think therein lies the strength at Adelaide United. Look, I think with Hiroshi coming in, um, he's had, what, half a season under his belt. He could be that potent player that picks up some of that goal-scoring slack. Um, his finishing's very good. He's a talented player. Is that the missing piece? And I think it's a bit simplistic to say, you know, it's just one player or, or um, a, a, a defender or a striker or a goal, whatever. But it is one missing element is 
that special player, regardless of the position, um, who can pick up some of that slack because without Craig Goodwin last year, that team is in a very different situation and you want that to be, you know, maybe a dip, not a slump. You don't want to be overly reliant, especially if he goes away to the World Cup. Let, let me ask you this one, Trav, because Bruce, when you won it, who was one of your centre-back pairings? LaRocca. You look at last year, Western United, Lacroix and uh, Nikolai Topper-Stanley, Imai. You look at uh, early Adelaide United days when we were successful. We had Mickey Valkanis, Ange, um, Rizzi. Adelaide had the best or third best, sorry, defensive record last season, but they don't have a big commanding uh, experienced or, or foreign centre-back. Is that an area, Trav, you've coached the game? Is that an area that you think could be uh, a weakness or somewhere they could strengthen? Well, look, of course, you can always strengthen. Yeah, absolutely. And it didn't help that they had injuries last year with, with Ansel. But if you if you look at the defensive record being good, that's that's part of the job. The, the other job is obviously to score goals. You need players to score goals and it can't just come from a striker it's got to be contribution from the midfielders from defenders set pieces whatever it might be because yes as a coach you can only put so much pressure on your defense to hold up for so for so many times and then there's got to be some you know, accountability for the rest of the squad to score goals so yeah like defend defense is important but you need to be able to take that pressure off the defenders as well and score goals. Can I ask you guys a question about the squad as we turn our attention to it? I think from a from a fan's point of view, um, the continuity of a squad's really important for you as players to now see that, yes, uh, eight players have departed the club from last season. But if you look at those eight players who have departed the club, a lot of those players didn't really feature much on a game day last year due to injury or selection. The players being brought in, we, we talk of Harry Vandersarg, Ben Warland, um, Luca and Panache obviously being promoted from the youth team and Benny Halloran coming back. As players, did you find the less change of personnel allowed you to have more of an understanding of each other and continue on the pitch a game plan, which means the club can almost go from where we finished last season to continue that under Carl. There's been probably less disruption. I think consistency is very important. Um, when we won it in 2016, it was probably a culmination of three seasons on, of, of building up to that. Um, started on Giuseppe Gombao, finished with Guillermo Amor. But consistency is important in the squad. In saying that, having the same squad for too long, just our Sydney FC, it's not a good thing either. You need that competitive pressure. You need better players coming year on year to justify your spot. You're either improving or you're out. And when I look at what business the club's done, it's actually really good business, if I'm honest, because yes, you might say there's, you know, statistics, statistics, you know, eight players out, how many minutes went out of the squad? That's probably the more relevant question, you know, how many minutes out of those eight players has, have left the squad? How many minutes have been re retained when you look at the long list of re-signings? Um, and when you look at the players who've come in, like I'm pumped that they got Harry and, and <coughs> Benny Warland, um, obviously Benny coming back, Two players that drew my time as football director, I tried to sign for a year, <laughs> a couple of years since I was there. So to see them finally uh, uh, head in Ben's situation back to Adelaide United and in Harry van der Sarg's situation for the first time come to Adelaide United, um, I think they're two very good signings. I think they'll play a lot of minutes. They're starting 11 players in, in my view. Um, I think the squad has, has been 
put together quite well and that consistency and consistent improvement will, will hold them in good stead. I don't know if uh, uh, my former teammates disagree. No, when you talk about consistency, for me, it's consistency in the back office staff, the coaching. Yeah. Yes, and to your point, play, players, it's good to have that consistency and, and have a group that you bond with and, mm. and build that camaraderie culture within, within in a team environment. But if you've got players too comfortable, then you're not getting the best out of them hundred percent. So it's important to have that rotation to, to keep players on their toes. I tend to think it's a bit of a, it's a positive window, but I think it's a break even window um, for Adelaide. I think obviously Halloran coming back, we know what you're going to get from him. Craig Goodwin, he was there the whole time. So not really a new signing. Um, you look at the players that have gone out, which we've, we've mentioned, Cassini Yengi was obviously a big loss. Who's coming to replace him? In my opinion, nobody. So you've got Ibasuki and then George Blackwood probably playing next up top. Um, Jakobsen, that experienced defender, we know he didn't play the last 10 games or so. Nick Ansel was going to be like a new player. He was out all yeah. year with that uh, Achilles injury. Uh, Mo Toure, another one left. Have we found a replacement for him? Maybe we, we count Ben Halloran as that. I would have liked to have seen him bring in maybe one more player in the midfield or potentially another striker. Um, we know Bernardo, we'll touch on later, uh, injured as well now. Iran Kunda is going to miss the first round of the season international duty. So you lose two or three players and all of a sudden you start looking at the squad and thinking like, who's going to step up? I would have liked to have seen them, like Brucey touched on in the, in the uh, how do they get to the grand final? One more, one more big player, one more special player in the midfield or up top and, and it would have been an A-plus window for the, for the club, I think. But in saying that and having worked in the four walls of that, that club, finance is always a challenge at Adelaide United and that one special player that we've spoken about is always... I don't know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars away. Like you, the, the, there's, mm. there's, there's, there's nothing really the the people within the club can do about that, and that's why, in my opinion, Carl Viet for me, phenomenal coach, but better than what people give him credit for, because even he knows with that one extra special talent that you know what we're probably in the grand final the last couple of well, years. Here's a question you know without notice, Brucey. You've been in there. How do you balance? At Adelaide United, how do you balance getting to a grand final versus developing players versus signing signing new fresh talent? Setting expectations. Sorry to cut you off, but you've got to set expectations. Now, where's the expectation get set? Who's it being set by? Is it the is it the CEO? Is it the football director saying, Okay, we're gonna develop? Okay, if you're gonna develop, no problems. Go out and tell the fans that. Go out and tell the fans, don't worry about finals, don't worry about grand finals for another three or four years while we bring the young crop through and give the coach the opportunity to do it so but, that we're all not piling pressure on everyone because we're not getting results. But I think you can do both. I think we they've shown over the years that you can develop players and sell players on the back of that development as well as be competitive, right? So, for example, you look at Riley McGree, you look at Mohamed Toure, they were developed throughout relatively, I know we didn't make grand finals, but relatively successful years at the club. Mm -hmm. I think you can do both. I think for the fans, and as a fan today, you've got to give fans one of two things. You've got to give fans success. They're coming every week. We're Melbourne City. We're in grand finals regularly. Or we're Sydney FC. We've had a really stellar run. You give them success or you've got to give them hope. 
You've got to give them one of the two. And I think Adelaide United over the last three, four, several years, if you like, have given the fans hope, number one, in that, you know what, I'm going to come and watch Riley. I'm going to come and watch Mo Toure. I'm going to come and watch Irin Kunda. I'm going to come and watch Yangi. Um, because that's the future and they're developing, as well as win the finals this season. Win the finals again. Once you get into finals, anything can happen. And I think development isn't young players playing 90 minutes, 26 rounds of the year. It's how Carl's managed Iren Kunda in, in the last year. You know, fans probably wanted him to start because he scored a screamer because yeah. uh, when he played 10 minutes. But any football brain knows that uh, this, this kid's a firecracker. Firecrackers go out after a little while. Yep. If you start them, they're going to give you less than if you get them off the bench. But developing is about exactly that. Give him Can 10 I minutes today. That, give him 20, 20 minutes later. Hopefully he's a 90-minute player by next season. You mentioned firecracker. And before we head on to the coaches, I wanted to ask about Nesta because um, – do you feel that we as, um, I guess, people in the grandstands, you guys have played. Um, so for speaking on behalf of myself and the fans, do you feel that sometimes we place too much expectation on these young kids? We have a really good balance of experience and youth. And one of the, the great things that especially um, Carl has driven is getting young South Australian players an opportunity, not just because they're South Australian, but because they deserve that opportunity. But using... Nesta, as an example, mm. we look at the Mariners with Garen Quoll, who literally yep. hasn't started a professional game. Um, we as fans have expectation that when they are on the pitch, they will score goals. And I remember a game last season where Carl was really angry at um, Nesta's defensive efforts, and I thought he was going to take him off the pitch, and then he scored. And you look at Carl's face, and it's almost just laughing, knowing with youth, there's going to be unpredictability. So... For us as Adelaide United fans, is that something that we probably need to be patient as well as it's good seeing kids score goals? There are going to be games when they gas out and they probably won't perform, but they're kids. Yeah, I mean, and Bruce gets Bruce deserves, deserves a lot of credit as well for getting all those South Australians back. It's the identity of the club and, and that's why fans don't really get on the club's back if things aren't going smoothly at the start of the year because they're seeing players they identify with from... Uh, their home ground. Now, we know negativity in football, particularly in Australia, gets a big spotlight. I don't have a problem with pumping players up. They're great stories. They're, you know, Garan Qual's dominated mainstream media for the last three weeks, ever three months, even when he came on against Barcelona. And the narrative for the next two months until the World Cup or whatever it is, 50 days to go, is going to be whether he can get into the squad, whether Arzani can get into the squad. We need these storylines. We don't want to build them up and say, oh, they're going to go and play in the English Premier League and score 300 goals. But we should be excited about them. Look, there's no doubt that there should be expectation. They're professional footballers. But the expectation has to be realistic. Yeah, You're not going to get Niran Kunda going out scoring every week. You're not. So yeah, fans need to have that understanding that you're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have that... Uh, inconsistency. So it's part and parcel of football. But I just want to go one point with you, Bruce. Yeah, you talk about you know you give the club finals or you know success or you give them hope. The the issue that I see with that with Adelaide United is that you give them hope, you give them Musa Toure, you give them Dukley, you give them Urunkunda, you give them Riley, and then they get sold, which is good business for the club. Mm. And you're not going to knock the club for doing it, but you develop them. Then they get sold and you're going again. So, and you're starting again. So at what point 
you know, to the finals, the grand finals come into it. That's, you know, it's, and that's the balance that's so difficult because, and, you know, you want to win, but. And year on year, that's going to get more and more challenging as long as that club doesn't have a fully fledged youth program and probably this not the forum to go into it, but, you know, <laughs> your Riley McGree, uh, Mohamed Toure's, there's not 15 of them sitting around Adelaide knocking on the door tomorrow. They're few and far between, and the club's been lucky that they've picked these players up, largely due to Carl Viet, Richie Aligic, and how well they've been running that NTC program, and it's, and it's been a relatively seamless transition into the Adelaide United youth teams. But that only lasts so long. So I think with a fully-fledged youth program, you can continue, you've got to convey a belt then. You can develop yeah. them, you can sell them, and you know what? The fans are happy for those players to be sold. Money's coming into the club, ideally. It's been reinvested <coughs> into the football program, and the fans are still excited because they're like, wow, Who's I next? remember when this guy yeah. was the next cab off the rank. Who's going to be the next cab off the Will yeah. they yeah. be as good? But you're right, without that youth setup, it can become patchy because you, while you might get a golden inverted commas generation of, of players coming through, you might then just have like a dark spot where, mm. where there's no yeah. real talent. So last last thing just on that and, and, and wrapping up the whole narrative there. Let's not forget how many FFA Cups they've won in that time as well. They've owned the yeah. FFA Cup. So it, we we talk we've we've been talking about the league and the grand finals and how to balance that. They've been winning while they've been doing it. So I think it's been an uh, extremely successful period. We are going to talk about the FFA Cup wins and then obviously it's now the Australia Cup and what happened um, at Jeps Cross very soon as part of the preseason. I want to touch on the coaching really quickly because it's fantastic to have um, Damien Mori back in um, the, the coaching ranks, but also um, almost unexpectedly uh, having a former Socceroos captain in Mark Milligan join <coughs> Carl as part of the coaching staff. What will that do for the side, not just to have his experience, but also provide a bit of a different voice? And um, if he coaches the way that he played, you know, a certain amount of authority um, up at Playford during training. Yeah, I mean, with the young defenders Adelaide have, or the inexperienced defenders, if you count Lockie Barr, if Millsy can translate his experience on the park into his coaching and, and teach them, then, I mean, that... Uh, that experience that he has is going to be invaluable to those players because he's done just about everything there is to do in, in the game in Australia. The other thing that Millsy brings is he's a winner. He's he's tough as nails. He's not as tough as nails as, as one of these players that's dirty that's going to go out there and, 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 and put in bad challenges. He's just, it's in his blood. It's his upbringing. He's just a hard man. I remember when we used to train in, in the Socceroos. The way he hits a pass, I still remember to this day, I don't remember anyone hitting a ball that firm and that crisp. Like he's just always, um, he's got laser focus. He off the field have a great laugh, great guy, but on the field, he's sort of unassuming but laser focus. And I think if he can bring that into some of the younger guys, then um, you know the likes of Popovich, who we're all really excited. You know, the, the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I think setting standards, you know, to is what he can do. Uh, with the professionalism and the career that he's had, setting those expectations of the the younger players to actually teach them what it takes to be a proper professional footballer, to be able to take that next step uh, and and make a full career out of it, um, you know, to, to be able to do that. Even with Damien, Damien's, Damien's been a, a very successful player 
um, for a, a number of years. One of the greatest goal scorers that we've ever had in the in the National League here in Australia. So to to be able to work with you know the strikers in in that respect to to help them along the way because as we know, goals have been at a premium. So if he can come in and you know teach him how to score to an extent, you know then you know, they'll reap big rewards. Is, is Damien's role as an ear for Carl as important as it is to teaching the players, do you think? Because obviously he's someone that Carl's got all the trust in the world in. Probably a combination of both, I would have thought. I mean, you're not going to bring someone in just because you know, you, you want to have a chat to them. You, you, they've got to come in for a purpose. You know, it's, uh, and he's got that experience. So you know, it remains to be seen how that translates into... You know, working with professional footballers because it's his first time in that respect as a coach, being successful in the NPL. But you know, hopefully he can bring um, that experience and, and knowledge to, to the players as well. So what would it look like, Bruce, on Millsy at, during the week? Would would Millsy run a lot of the sessions at Playford and then Carl will take care of match day? Is that the traditional kind of setup that a lot of managers have? I think it's relatively traditional. I mean, every coach has, has their way of doing things. Uh, I'd envisage that to be the case. That's how it was with, with Carl and Ross. Um, my understanding is that's how it is with, with, with Millsy and, and Carl. Um, as a player, I like that setup as well. Um, but we've spoken a lot about the players. I think these two are up there with the best signings the club's made in this in this period. I mean, Damien Murray... Um, Massive uh, influence, positive influence, obviously with Ross Aloisi going even last season, right, towards towards the back end. Um, when Damien came in, it coincided with Adelaide going on a run and and, and an amazing run of, of form and, and he should take a lot of credit for that. He does. Uh, he does. <laughs> 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 um, Jake and, Frogger. And, and, and uh, likewise with, with Mark Milligan, I think that's a phenomenal signing in the sense that Completely agree with with what the boys have already said about Millsy, but instant credibility with a young squad. Four World Cups, correct me if I'm wrong, um, being coached by some of the best coaches, has played overseas, transferred to multiple clubs, understands the journey. I mean, here's someone that enters a change room and when he speaks... Or if he's pulling a player to the side to give him some advice, or a player's unsure about a transfer that's come in for him, should they go to that country or not? I mean, it's not just the coaching; it's the mentoring and the experience that he's had in in his career that really makes him a huge asset to the club. And to think that he wasn't already at another A League club and 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 was available, and the club was able to 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 get him. Uh, massive coup for the club and one of the key signings uh, of, for the club this season. We're preparing to take on Wellington. Um, if you've just tuned in to our roundtable, big thanks, of course, to SAFM and Triple M for hosting us here. Um, it's been a really interesting pre-season for the fans that were leaving Jeps Cross a few weeks ago after that final in the Australia Cup against Brisbane <coughs> Raw. There was a sense of shock. I feel that um, Brisbane's pre-season was a bit inconsistent. They came to Adelaide with some key injuries, especially to their major defenders. And um, it, it felt like that Adelaide United probably got started after halftime. Charlie Austin scores. He's a, an energetic player. Um, and it didn't leave much hope for what was to come for the rest of the pre-season matches. Obviously, we've had some 
friendlies. But as you were saying, Robbie, the, the attitude and the commitment to the FFA Cup when it was that has been we need to win these things. Um, what's your take on the preseason when you, you look at the way that it ended with the Australia Cup and now a couple of friendlies leading up to this weekend? Yeah, just quickly summarising the Australia Cup, I thought the most impressive performance was the first one against Newcastle. Uh, they had very limited preparation. Don't think they even played a friendly going into that. I think it's just an internal trial. And to go away and beat Newcastle, who are pretty highly rated at the moment under Arthur Pappas, I thought that was a, a really good sign of um, early doors in pre-season. The game against City, obviously uh, a big game for South Australian football, big build-up. Um, you know, They did enough to get through. And, and as you touched on, Jared, against, um, against Brisbane, I thought they were pretty poor in that first half. In the midfield, they got overrun. Joe Gauchi made a number of big saves in the opening 10 minutes. I mean, Trav, you were calling that game, I think. Um, they, they were under pressure. Um, they got themselves back into it, but the Ibasuki red card obviously changed things again in the second half. So we expect a lot from, from the Reds in, in the Australia Cup. Then you go and have your preseason friendlies against uh, MPL teams. Um, you're expected to win those and bury plenty of goals. But the, the biggest... Uh, confidence boost and sign that things are on the right track is is the most recent one against Melbourne City last week. 3-0 in the first 90 minutes. They played another 45 to give other guys an opportunity. They won that one 2-1 as well, but to beat Melbourne City 3-0 in a friendly away from home, I don't know what City's lineup was like, but you'd imagine it would be pretty strong a week out from, from the first game. I think that's a really, really good sign. So as a whole, not many injuries. Um, obviously we've mentioned Bernardo get through preseason without any injuries you've got Craig Goodwin back you've, you've had a big win to, to finish off the preseason uh, going to Wellington now for the first time nearly four years uh, I, I think it's been pretty good uh, for Adelaide on the park Look, I I agree with you in terms of you know, the injuries trying to get through a preseason get as many minutes into the legs as players as you can and avoid the injuries probably the disappointing thing is that they They'll go into the season with Craig not being match fit. So that's that's a bit of a shame. But for me, preseason, yeah, it's it's valuable because you want to implement things that you've been doing in training and whatnot. But the results, I think, are secondary. They're, it's If they'd lost every game, aside from the, the cup games, if they'd lost every preseason friendly, I don't think it would be a disaster <coughs> because this means nothing. These results, yeah. And while I agree, it's good to go in with confidence against, you know, beating Melbourne City, that result means zero coming this week against Wellington. So, so look, it's it's good to get minutes and I think that's the most important thing out of it. Yeah, definitely. I think I completely agree with Trav. Minutes is the key. Um, but it's also good to have that winning mentality. It is, it is, it, it's... You definitely want to play all your preseason games, ideally in a perfect world, all your preseason games, get all the minutes in all the boys um, that you would have liked, no injuries, and have won every game. You know, obviously that's not the real world. Um, that doesn't always happen. The Brisbane Raw loss was disappointing, but in saying that, you know, they came up against a team that was probably training a bit earlier than them, got to play against Premier League opposition, you know, I'm very interested to see how Melbourne Victory, Brisbane Raw, these A-League clubs have got the opportunity to play in those in those uh, international matches. Um, I want, I'm interested to see how they start their season, right? Are they in better shape? Are they more match ready? <coughs> I would suggest yes. But bringing it back to Adelaide United, when you look at the results that they've had, it's a pretty typical pre-season. The only thing I would have liked to see is them playing more A-League opposition before mm. the season starts. 
with all due respect to the MPL clubs, it's it's not proper preparation in my view. Ideally, all those pre-season games would have been against A-League opposition. And yes, we're in Adelaide. There's one team in South Australia. You've got to jump on a plane to, to play against another A-League team. Clubs in New South Wales and Victoria uh, are advantaged in, in, in that sense. But it's I remember even as a player, it's always more difficult entering a season when your reference point is the MPL and not like-for-like like A-League teams. Understand Sydney United made the final of the Cup and all this sort of stuff. I'm not saying MPL teams are no good. All I'm saying is when you've got fully professional players playing against players who have been at work all day and are coming to essentially do the club a favour by putting in a performance so Adelaide United can get their match fitness up, it is not the same as playing against A-League opposition come season. I would have loved to see the club play against more A-League teams in pre-season. Two of these teams here aren't, then they haven't played an, uh, an MPL team. They're playing state league teams, which is difficult in itself. There's an MPL select team, hadn't played together. So it's hard. I get that it's hard. The reality is you need to jump on a plane and go and play this this opposition. I did think I do think a couple of LA United players played on that MPL select team. They did from memory, yeah. but yeah. Y- your points are completely yeah. valid. You'd rather play A League sides for sure. Let's have a look at a couple of key players for Adelaide United before we have a, a quick glance on some of the other teams to look out for um, in this season. I, I, I guess I, I wanted to phrase this by mentioning what you said, Robbie, with um, the Australia Cup game, the, the game changed when Hiroshi Ibusuki went off with that red card. Um, he's got opportunity this year now um, playing without Cassini Yengi, so he's obviously going to be first selected. But there's a handful of Adelaide United players that if injured or potentially when injured, there are going to be question marks on the team's performance. So I look at players like Hiroshi, Zach Clough, last season, Craig Goodwin. Those are some of the players you look at going, we can't afford to have them not playing. Who is that player for you three boys that we need to have playing every minute of every game this season? I'm effectively asking Adelaide United's most important player this season. For me, it's it's one day uh, in the midfield, being able to control the midfield, I think... His experience in able, in being able to control tempo um, is is important. Um, I mean, look, Craig Goodwin is obviously going to be an important part of the puzzle, um, but you know you have to rely on other players to score goals as well. I don't think it can come down to one player. I mean, I'm going to go the obvious one is Craig Goodwin. I mean, a guy that with that sort of output, um, he's your biggest signing. He's the biggest player. He's your club champion. He should have been the Johnny Warren Medal winner. Uh, he should be in the World Cup if he, he can get his fitness uh, right. I think he he's so dangerous that the opposition, he takes a lot of their attention. You go into a game, if I'm a fullback or I'm a, a centre-back, obviously that's where I played, I'm not really thinking about one day running the show in the middle of the park. I know it's a very integral part of the game and, and Isaias can do it as well and you see Bratton do it for Sydney FC. But Craig Goodman's the guy that's going to hurt me because he, he, he only needs to get the ball once. And he, and he might score. He might do something magical. He did against Sydney FC last season, I think in the second half away from home when, when, when Adelaide were down. So he's a guy that Adelaide need fit. They need playing as much as possible and, and need him giving his best every single week. It's not just one player. I thought you fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Yeah, do I need forgot, to leave? Is he forgot forgot talking that long? <laughs> he forgot the question. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's not many players exciting, Bruce. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, but it's true. I've been thinking it's not just one player. <laughs> I, I, I don't. But I don't want to reiterate what 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 Dodzy said. Um, in in you know yes, Craig Goodwood's important, but Juan Day. Um, you got Isaias. Like we haven't even mentioned his name. Mm. Um, integral cog. You've got some young players who are going to have to step up to the plate, which they've had the last several years. Nyangi, Toure, um, Iran Kunda even comes to mind. Um, it's Adelaide United's never been a key player team where one person is integral to the success or failure of the of, of, of the team. And I'll see this year has been no different. Craig Goodwin's not going to start uh, the season anywhere near full fitness, right? So to 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 rely on him, you, I don't know. I'm not I'm not the coach. I have no interest in coaching any team ever. But um, <laughs> but you know, as a coach, are you throwing Craig Goodwin into the deep end from the get go with World Cup on the horizon? He obviously wants to be a part of that squad, but doing so. You might risk blowing him up, right? Well, I was really keen to ask Trav about this because it's been an osseitis groin problem. We both had that yeah, at Adelaide the same time. Disaster. We both had groin operations from memory, Trav. Um, well, I certainly had one. I thought I think you might have had one, um, or you had something I anyway. Did, some I injections. Did, I just did it Mount Lofty <laughs> oh, last God. weekend, but, so but, I think I've got it back again. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Craig's been managed throughout the preseason with the help of the Socceroos uh, physios. He sp spoke in the media yesterday and said, "You know, I, I feel ready to go. I've still got a little bit of pain, but I feel like it's manageable." As someone who's had the osteo, wh what do you think when you hear that? I think if he comes back saying that. I've got a little bit of pain, but I'm ready to play. It's too early. You need to get rid of it before you, you start playing fully. You blow them up. Yeah. Look, I mean, even I've experienced But that. with the World Cup, just six games not, away, you're yeah, probably going to have to risk it. Exactly. As a player. Ask Reese Williams. Yeah. 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 As a player, you, you want to play. There's no doubt about it. And you think that because it's manageable now, he's not under full training load, you know, full playing load. Once that happens, then anything can happen. If, I, if I'm Craig Goodwin, I'm playing. Of course. I'm playing through the pain. I'm going to a World Cup. And if I blow up after the World Cup, sorry, too bad. Mm. So you decide when you blow up now? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure your body just tells you, like, listen, yeah, buddy, yeah. I ain't working. Yeah. One of well, the players like, I wanted yeah. to ask you about was Zach Clough because obviously he arrives mid-season last year, um, has to acclimatise himself. Sometimes, you know, everybody's highlight reel is uh, amazing because that's the purpose of a highlight reel. We, we expect a player to score goals straight away and have an impact. We saw towards the back end of the season that the impact that he can have, and now in the preseason, he's had an opportunity to train with Premier League players and, and come back to Australia. Um, uh, that expectation question, do you feel that now is a really good opportunity for us to see what Zach Clough can offer Adelaide United? Has to be. Uh, it's As a foreign player, there's that, that in itself comes with an expectation and responsibility. Um, now, Part of that's on the club to make sure that you get that kind of thing right. But as as a foreign player coming in, you know, as a 10, you need to be scoring goals and you need to set up goals. I, and I don't think there's a lot of room to deviate from that, you know, from a fan or a coach perspective. I completely agree. And I think Australia is one of those countries where foreign players, they're not even that scrutinised as much as you know, that they are overseas. You guys have all played overseas. You, you know what it's like. You've got the blue flame on you at all times. Um, we don't tend to do that in this country, but from a f football club perspective, 
there is no point going and getting a foreign player if they're not delivering above and beyond what your local player would. And that is assists, goals consistently, as well as contributing to the general play of, of, of the squad, as well as mentoring, helping, guiding, teaching the local players uh, how to be the best professional on the field as well as off the field. It's literally all of those things. The failure to do any one of those is a failure to live up to the expectations of a foreign player in this league. I like what I've seen from him this preseason. I like what I've heard. Like Trav said, in the preseason, doesn't count for anything. The one issue I, I run into with Zach is for a foreign player to take that spot, what's his best position? I know he likes to play out wide because he gets more of the ball, but Adelaide need him to play as a 10. So what kind of impact can he have in a position that, which is maybe not his favourite? He has added goals this preseason. He has to be scoring, so hopefully he can do that. A little bit maybe like a Stefan Mork um, did in that in that role. He's, he's going to have to play as a 10, in my opinion. So... Um, was he brought in as a 10? I don't know. Were you, were you, were you, no, no, I wasn't there. No, I, I think he was, um, but he's not your out-and-out out creative type like a, like a Flores. Um, but Adelaide, with, with Stefan Mork playing as a 10 or the second striker, that pressing role, getting into the box as a second-man run, the late run, I think Zach can, can play that role. We are going to talk about your Adelaide United starting 11 in a few moments. Before we get there, um, the, I think the league has had a, a real injection of um, some star quality today. Remember, we as um, a, an A-League need to not just sell footballers. We need to sell the sport to a, a country which um, football isn't the number one sport. So the, the big headline players that we can get in as marquee players um, are fantastic, especially if non-football fans know who they are. So for you as footballers, if you get a brilliant player from overseas, um, externally, fans may not know their resume. But I feel now we see the likes of Nani coming in, um, Austin at Brisbane, and even um, you know Jack Rodwell deciding to stay in the league and going to Sydney FC. We have players that hopefully will perform. The preseason has shown that they can perform. Um, this is only going to add to the lineups of the teams that Adelaide United who are going to face. So um, I wanted to get your view on some of the key signings for some of the other A-League sides and the teams to look out for this season. I'll start with you, Trav, in the middle. You touched on Nani and great, great signing if he performs. <coughs> and and that's been the biggest thing. We we hope and have the expectation that he'll perform. Um, but whether or not that comes to, to fruition remains to be seen. Um, you know, Charlie Austin. Now that game that I did call against Brisbane, I thought he was fantastic. Yep. I rated him so highly, but I mean, I look at the way that he was playing and United were giving him that time and space to be able to do the things that he was doing like in terms of switching balls, diags for fun, but he's got the ability to hit him. He knows where he wants to put it and he was doing it. So look, Brisbane, I think will be, I think will be up there, but they, I think they'll rely heavily on, um, Charlie Austin and uh, the the Japanese boy can't remember his name off the top of my head. Denzaki. Denzaki, yeah, I thought he was great as well. Um, but Melbourne Victory, I think, yeah, they're they're always a solid team. They're with Popovich being structured. Now you've played under to under Popper and, and know what his expectations are of players and the discipline required to play under him. So I think yeah, with the players that they've brought in as well, um, they'll be. Yeah, one of the Basically, we got half the Adelaide United squad with uh, Timoteo, Urich, well, Paul Izzo, Nathan Constantopoulos. I mean, do you well, want any more of our players? If it's not if it's not Melbourne City, it's Melbourne Victory. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> 
look, Nani for me is a fantastic signing. He's the headline act. Uh, as, a, as a fan, I remember watching him playing for, for Man United. He was a phenomenal talent. Um, and in all the interviews he's done since he's got here, he's definitely saying the right things. And we've seen Marquis in the past. They tend to all say the right things. But I just get this sense from him that he's not here on that retirement tour. Yep. He's still hungry. Um, he's had a strong preseason. Um, I think, I think uh, you know, he's going to add a lot to a Melbourne victory team and Popper knows how to get the best out of all his players. I don't want to speak on Popper with uh, with Corny here because you know him much better than I. You were coached by him. But um, I'm excited to see Nani and, and that Melbourne victory team when you think Nani, even Brimmer, Brimmer from, from, from last season uh, yeah. was phenomenal. Um, really excited to see that 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 Melbourne victory team and and what they can achieve this 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 season. We've almost rattled off the whole Melbourne victory team, but you still got D'Agostino, Economides, uh, all these guys. Uh, so they're going to be ones to watch. I think storylines that are just as big as like Ninkovic going across to, to Western Sydney Wanderers that creates headlines. All those sorts of stories. Just lastly on Austin, I think he's got a big character he's going to be providing entertainment and and value off the field as well um his social media you know we need him to perform on the park but his social media and everything he's doing off the field is is wonderful as well um it's getting beamed all the way you know around the world back to england dwight york the same thing so there's a lot of different ways to create storylines uh to paint the league in a positive light not just signing these big names but I think at the moment with the qual as well, you chuck that in. Um, Socceroos making the World Cup. I think there is a lot of positivity leading into the to the start of the season. And that's one thing that the league has to do better. At. This sport has to do it better. Um, it's not just about the ninety minutes on the park anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can if if you're boring, people aren't coming. Yeah. And you need to create some affinity with the fans. When if you're not winning, they still want to come and support you or the club. Yep. Because you're their player and you, you're their club as opposed to, oh, we've got no connection with these people, have no idea their backstory, have no idea what they do off the field. They're not winning, I'm not coming. And, th and that's why the, the Paramount's here, the, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, it's brilliant. like, I mean, I've mentioned brilliant. a million times, if people have heard me, I'm sorry before, but it's like the drive to survive on Netflix. I had no interest in motorsport. You yeah, tell yeah. the people yeah. who they are, yeah, yeah, what yeah. they're about, you form a connection, you go out of your way to watch it because you want to see what's going on. And that's exactly what we need to do with our young players. Um, we did it with the Tourays, with Aaron Kunda. Now we're going to do it with, uh, across the league. And I think the, the behind-the-scenes, all-access stuff that, sorry, Keep Up are putting out, not Paramount, through YouTube and Keep Up, um, I think that's going to do wonders. That's we, me. Drive to survive, by the way. We need to make sure that the um, the fans buy tickets to the matches at Cooper Stadium as well, because it's great to um, to watch it on Paramount, but you can't pause and rewind still. So exactly. Quick one to... on that though, like with the fans, like the fan engagement. Now you mentioned it, but getting out to the community. Now when we all played, mate, we were out there every week. Like, we, had to do, we had to do Pumping thirty. It. Was it thirty promotions a, a year? Don't say had to. You wanted to. Right? It was in the contract, Jared. <laughs> it was in the contract. P PFA every PFA week. We were at a school, a hospital, yeah. a clinic, a football club. Building a connection with the kids. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Jordan yeah. or Marius is standing in the background now, going to text me saying the boys do a certain number. But <laughs> I think um, one of the challenges, though, and has been it again. the past two years, no one's been able to do anything. So, as yeah, in, yeah. Uh, and that yeah. that yeah. now is the challenge moving forward. Like well, to see fan engagement and seeing. I love watching 
15 minutes after the game finishes, I look at the players who spend the most time out with the fans and to actually go over to the general admission and to go, thank you for buying a ticket to be here. Because it's those people that are going to decide whether they come back or not. The members will come back continually. Yes, you need to service them, but it's the people that are coming to the game for the very first time. And as you said, going out to the community Mm. and providing that pathway to go, you could be me one day because there's Absolutely. so many stories Good amongst point. the, yeah. the yeah. squad isn't there so sorry i cut you off but um hopefully that provides an opportunity now um without covid to actually get out there and meet because we've got so much access here in australia that we take for granted Absolutely. like you look at the i worked at the the manchester united game against melbourne victory they're so protected the players and they should be it's a big club they basically go from the pitch to the change room to the bus to the hotel but the a-league boys are loving it they're going around meeting all the fans so we, we can't as fans take for granted that we have access to have selfies at the end of the game and yeah. things like that so we're preparing for a match this weekend the first match of the 22-23 isuzu Ute a-league season um we now need from you as part of this round table Fully fit squad. There are no injuries. We need a fully fit squad. You're starting 11 for Adelaide United. Now, Bruce looks like he's just starting to do that because he's got 19 meetings he's been planning for. Let's go over to you, Robbie Cornthwaite. Who are you going with your starting 11? All right. I'm not going to explain why because we'll be here all day. I think that would be pretty self-explanatory. Except, um, All right. So, Joe Gauchy in goal. I was almost going to start explaining why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kiddo. Kiddo left back. Uh, Alexander Popovich in uh, one of the centre backs alongside Lockie Barr, Javi Lopez at right back, Isaias as the defensive midfielder, Louis Dorigo alongside him or slightly ahead in the eight position, Zach Clough as I mentioned as the ten, Goodwin on the left, Halloran on the right, and Ibasuki up front, and that's pretty much it for me. Okay, can I just just saying about you got a problem? Fight. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. But. <laughs> But as you're rattling that off, mm. I'm like I've got one or two players different, yep. right? So that's what we're. All, I think we're going to come to the point mm-hmm. where it's we're going to be very similar yep. in what the best eleven is. The fear for me is that there's not enough yeah threat from not, outside. Yeah, there's not yeah. enough diversity yeah. in that in the squad. Yeah, and I'm jumping the gun here, but let's have a look. So I uh, went Gauchi, Kiddo, Popovich, Ben Warland, Lopez, One Day, Clough, Issa in the midfield. And then same front three, Halloran, Hiroshi, and Craig Goodwin. So, Brucey? Very much similar. I'm just trying to find some different... He's missing a player. I've got Van der Sarge at right back. Yeah, I don't mind that. I've got Van der Sarge at right back. I think... um, I think... You think the best right back in the league won't play this season? Look, I think Lopez is, is, is phenomenal. I feel this season he'll play a less prominent role. Um, I think Harry van der Sarg is ready to step up. He's been number two um, or utility player at Sydney FC for, for several seasons now. Um, I think this is really the year where he needs to be playing 90 minutes week in, week out and lean on Harvey as a, as a mentor. Yep. And Carl has Harvey there knowing that he can throw him in at any given time. Um, and I wouldn't start Juan. I think Juan Day and Harvey play that similar role this year. 
I th- you both bring up a great point because a lot of my narrative this week around Adelaide United is which of the fringe players, where's the improvement going to come from in this squad? It's going to come from Van der Sarg. It's going to come from Dorigo. We need we need guys that are a fringe that are going to take that next step and bust their way into the first 11. Is Bernardo going to take the number 10 spot from Clough? Is he going to be the creator in there? That's where the improvement's going to come from. The four or five players that are on the fringes of the first 11, Benny Warland, are they going to put their hand up and... and become a proper week-in, week-out A-League player because that's what's going to take Adelaide to the next level, that that competition from within. And that's the challenge for those guys, right? And Adelaide United has a very good track record of those types of players, maybe not st- bona fide starting 11 players at other clubs, coming here, doing exceptionally well, <coughs> and everyone thinking, wow, where's this player come from? from Jimmy Jago and others who've come here and done exceptionally well. Even and George Blackwood to a degree. I know he's not in any of our starting 11s, but mm. Sydney FC, uh, given a lot of opportunities, maybe not a flop, but he just didn't reach his full potential. potential. And and now I think last season he scored the most goals he's ever scored in an A-League season. Mm. So yeah, guys like that. Can, can you afford to have a foreigner as as a mentor and bit part player? Yeah, as... That's a good question. That's a very good question. And I would argue, well, so good, good without, question, without putting, <laughs> No, without putting too much, without no, it's hard. no it's but a, without giving without giving one. too yeah. much away. Yeah. Like if you got foreigners on four hundred grand, different discussion. Yeah, correct. Yeah. I can and tell you now, yeah. your Juan Day and Harvey's aren't costing you any more than the Aussie players. Okay. So in that yeah. sense, yes, they're taking up a foreign spot, but they're taking up a foreign spot that otherwise wouldn't be filled because the money doesn't exist to fill it. Yeah. So I think the return on investment and the value that they bring more than worth more than worth every penny that 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 they're earning. Yeah. No, good point. Boys, this has been great. Thank you very much for uh, getting together and having a, a really good chat. I think um, the the fear always going into something like this is we're just going to be pumping up the club because you've all played for the club you've represented Australia but the honesty that you have shown is outstanding and that as a club um, I like speaking on behalf of um, the people there is they want transparency and the members want to hear what's actually going on and hear real thoughts so for you to be able to reflect that with the honesty um, thank you so much of course we need to once again thanks SAFM and Triple M for hosting us and uh, Flinders University UCAN McDonald's Kite Property RAA Australian Outdoor Living Velo and Comwire IT the commercial support of Adelaide United whether it's front of shirt or any part of the club that is uh, extremely valued so we should do this again sometime shouldn't we do we have to book you in about nine months in mid-season Okay, so we'll book you in now. Can we, can yeah. we make sure Bruce is on time next yeah. time? No, just give him Good half. Luck. We'll start half an hour later than what we tell him. <laughs> yes, so don't fall asleep <laughs> next time. Yeah. It's in my calendar <laughs> yeah. different, at a different time <laughs> yeah. to everyone else. Uh, yeah. Bruce, work. Trav, Robbie, thanks for joining us Cheers, on the round Roshi. table thanks, and uh, keep on supporting Adelaide United. Good luck this weekend against Wellington.